back. I'm Lua. And this is the Arts Report, and you're listening to, to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from the unceded Musqueam Territory and the Point Grey, UBC Point Grey campus here in Vancouver. And I'm so happy to be here with you today. And I am here, not by myself, Joyce Hilton from the Chen Center is here with me today to talk a little bit more about what the Chen Center has coming up for the next year. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Great. And um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. And um, I feel like one of those incredibly lucky people because I'm co-director of the Chan Center. And one of the aspects of it that I oversee is programming. And the Chan Center is has three primary purposes. We, of course, are... Um, uh, a space for the School of Music and Department of Theater and Film to hold classes and have film screenings and plays and um, music concerts. And then we also have a lot of community use, which includes the university, for instance, UBC grads or high school grads, but lots and lots of fantastic concerts, including everything from Live Nation to the Vancouver Recital Society or Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. And so one of the things that we do at the Chan is we also present our own series of uh, performances. And my particular series that I curate is the Chan Center Presents series. And that's primarily world, jazz, um, roots music. Hey, I'm throwing in circus this year. <laughs> you Ooh, know, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my colleague Wendy uh, curates the Beyond Words series, which happens primarily in our studio theater, and uh, and that's a multidisciplinary uh, series that um, really speaks to voices that may be less heard in our society, and. Um, it can be a whole range of things that happen as part of that series. And then we do, because we're a university presenter, um, we're really conscious of the fact that we're in a university and we present a series called the Chan Center Connect series. And that's what we, what we do is we look at what's going on in our hall and we speak to faculty or students or other experts in the city. And um, sometimes we ask the artists, to do talks, we do workshops, we do panel discussions that bring more of the um, different topics of interest that relate to somehow our programming. And then last but not least, we also do a children's series and we work with the Vancouver School Board and they identify less advantaged schools. We pay for buses, we bus them into the students into the Chan Center, but we also send artists um, to uh, their their schools to do workshops and that's primarily a world music that's very series cool. so <laughs> I mean going to the Chan Center but just by itself is an experience like you have to if you live in Vancouver you've got to do it at least once yes. I mean it's absolutely stunning and I don't know it feels every time I walk in there to one of my classes or something else I just I just feel that I really need to dress up and be like fancy <laughs> just for that night because right. I like yeah. it's just a, such a beautiful space and I'm like no this place deserves my very fancy dresses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It is great because what I see having um, been to so many events there, people either really dress up or they can wear blue jeans. It really you're welcome any way you want to come. Really, <laughs> that's great to hear. And so for uh, the 2019-2020. Um, Chan Center presents 
they, it's starting on September 28th, correct? Yes, that's awesome. right, with Rosé and Cash. Yeah. And what are you most excited about out of these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different <laughs> attractions? Well, I always have such a hard time when I get asked that question because, quite frankly, I'm really super excited to be presenting all these different artists. But I think this year what I did um, – uh, over the last number of seasons, we've been bringing in really well-known artists. We've been selling out. We've been um, just had really a huge amount of success. And so this year, I decided to be a bit more, even more adventuresome and perhaps not program as many of the big names, but artists that are so good um, and that will sound good in the hall. And I think um, just to draw attention to a few of them, for instance, uh, one that people seem so excited about is Orquesta Acocan, and they are a group from primarily Cuba, although there's some New York musicians in there as well. And they are, it's it's an orchestra that um, really looks back on the, the big Cuban orchestras of the 40s and 50s, but there's also a contemporary twist to it. And it is going to be impossible to sit still in our seats that night, <laughs> which is, is also a possibility at the Chance Center. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Can I stand up and watch it? <laughs> a little bit of dancing on the side, too. It does sound very interesting. It looks beautiful from the media photos. Um, I was also very curious to ask you about Diane Reeves. Oh, yes, yeah. She, I'm really excited about this project because we brought in Diane, Diane Reeves a few years ago and she completely knocked me out. Like, she is just an incredible jazz vocalist and she plays with really good musicians. And she just filled the space. She sold out the concert. She was an absolute joy to have here. And then I heard that she was doing a Brazilian project and I thought, you know, Diane Reeves <laughs> doing Brazilian songs. This is going to be amazing. So, so yeah. She is singing in Portuguese then. Yes, Ooh, I think yeah, she will be doing that. Yeah, it should be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think another one that will be really interesting is Daka Braca. Mm. And they're from the Ukraine. And what I love about them, too, is they also have a lot of theater background. So they're very theatrical. Yeah, yeah they look very um, performatic in a very, like, <laughs> performance art kind of way exactly <laughs> you have got it and they they of course at the foundation of what they do is ukrainian music and folk songs but it's well beyond that they take these different influence i think they say it's like arabic and australian and russian and indian and they they um I, I've heard it be described as ethno chaos, which I really like. But Interesting. it's I've seen them perform. They are so creative and imaginative. Their music is so good, and you'll recognize influences. Yet they're uniquely their own group. And I will say that the day before they can't come, we're doing a borscht making workshop at the Ukrainian Center uh, here in Vancouver. And what they do is they make borscht while singing Ukrainian folk songs. So there'll be more about that on our website. <laughs> Interesting. And for their group specifically, what style, like, would they, in the mainstream, what they be more similar to? I guess I would call it um, either, you know, I'm not overly in love with this term, um, but for lack of a better word, I'll say it's world music and folk kind of thing. But 
you know, sometimes I hear contemporary music, like new music in it, or, you know, there's really a lot of um, different influences in that music. But it's, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, very, very uh, enjoyable. And I think probably... My, it might be my favorite from what I've seen. <laughs> uh, well, not my favorite, but the one I'm actually really intrigued about because it's not just music. Calumbate? Yes, Calumbate is from um, Montreal, actually. Mm-hmm. and But um, they are, they're Guinean and they, they're going to be playing West African music. But um, they've had a lot of um, influences from Europe as well as... Um, Guinea, and so they've um, uh, they are taking um, you know circus uh, traditions that they've learned from um, Cirque du um, Cirque du Soleil, um, you know different circuses they've been part of. So it's this really interesting blend of West African and European traditions, but it's also music. And because our hall is just designed so beautifully for um, music. I love, you know, when I present something like circus, I definitely want live music as well. And I think that, you know, that's going to be for all ages. I mean, they're, they're so likable <laughs> and uh, really fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for them. But they're, that one is only happening in April. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a year from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I Party. should mention that just while you're saying that is that right now we have subscriptions on sale. And that is by far the best way to buy tickets uh, it's you can purchase a, a minimum of three at a time and it's a really good price um, and um, we do have single tickets going on sale June 18th but I will say there's another fabulous way to buy tickets if you're a student and we have a limited um, amount of rush tickets before two weeks but be- they're available two weeks before each performance and they're but they are on a first come first serve basis and um, you just need to have student ID and those are just for students yes that's correct yeah good to know (laughs) (laughs) might be taking advantage of that one (laughs) it's really worth marking it in your calendar because they're really popular (laughs) yeah and I I just wanted to say too I I was very very fortunate uh, to be at a conference last week and I got to see La Mer Sol who's the lead singer of La Santa Cecilia um, which they are also coming in April, and they are such a neat group. They're um, from L.A., but they're Mexican-American, and they sing about amazing topics like, um, you know, the immigration border. Um, and what they do is they draw from their Mexican heritage, but they're definitely contemporary L.A. folks. They're young. They have this really refreshing perspective on things, and um, La Maricel, she's got an amazing voice, and she talks about the, this uh, thing about not totally belonging to each world. <laughs> you know, she at home, she's a Mexican kid, and out in the world, she's a L.A. kid. And, and I think a lot of people probably relate to that wherever, um, if they're new to a country and their parents are from a different country. So, yeah. yeah. So it seems like a very, very diverse group of artists that are coming to the Chan Center very soon. Um, if I had to choose three, which ones should I choose? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sort of depends on what um, your interests are. I know you've mentioned um, Diane Reeves. 
Yes, I'm Brazilian. That's why I was interested. Oh, <laughs> great. Okay, well, and there's a couple of things that could go. Like if you are, um, you know, if you love Latin American music, obviously we have the La Santa Cecilia that I just mentioned and Orchestra Acocan. We also have from Spain uh, Paco de Lucia's um, performers, the band that played with him. This is going to be absolutely top-notch flamenco music. Are they going to have dancers with them? They'll have a dancer, yeah. That's beautiful. And I do want to mention Mari Boyne as well because I'm so excited to have her. It's taken me many years to get her to Canada. (laughs) And um, she is a Sami artist from northern Norway. And she's an activist. She's been, she's probably the best known indigenous artist in the Scandinavian countries. And she she again is this amazing combination of you know drawing on her tradition including yoiking um and yet also norwegian music uh just a real blend there's jazz influences and people i've never seen her live but anybody who has has been totally mesmerized by her and i just think it's so special she's coming here um so and who at I haven't, the only other one I haven't mentioned is We Shall Overcome, and I do want to mention that because Damien Sneed, who's the uh, musical director of this project, he is doing so many incredible things, uh, mostly in the States and out of New York, and his name's not a household name yet, but he put together this project that celebrates Martin Luther King, but also the music of the civil rights movement, and we were noticing at UBC how many students study various elements of the civil rights movement. Of course, it's had a huge impact on activism in, in Canada. And it's, it's a, just the celebration of songs in gospel, in folk, in classical, of music that people will know <laughs> because yeah. it's part of our culture, too. I'm very um, intrigued by what exactly, what part of it is a celebration of Martin Luther King Jr.? Well, they'll quote different mm. things from him, but it's also, I think the celebration is also the music from that, just making it a musical exploration at a very, very high artistic level. Interesting. Interesting. Well, all of them sound amazing, as they usually do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the Chen Center. So um, I'm very excited to see everything and to um, have them, well, well, maybe get to see a few of these. Um, I did have a question about um, the Lucia project. Um, so it's a group of men that are playing, and they'll have a female dancer. It's actually going to be a male dancer. A male dancer as well. As well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And actually, I that you bring up a great point because one of the things that we try and do is um, I work so hard to have um, different genders <laughs> in our series because. I think there's been a tradition for many years where it was, you know, more male-dominated, different series that happened at, you know, different arts, Mm -hmm. performing arts center, and that's a really important thing to me. So you'll see there's a bit of a balance. You know, we really strive to do that. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, but in this particular case, it is all men, yeah. Interesting. And it'll be... um, I think uh, the the producer Javier Limon is put this together is a very well known producer. He's worked with people like Marisa, um, Buica, you know, all sorts of really fantastic artists. And uh, he just thought the band is so incredible, and that despite the fact that 
Paco de Lucia's passed away, that this band should still continue to tour. That's great. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you Thank so you much for your interest. <laughs> yes. Thank you for, for so much for taking your time and coming to talk to us. I mean, um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just hit my, my hand on the microphone. Sorry if you heard some weird noise. Um, yeah, I'm very happy and I'm very excited to see how these shows actually turn out. Um, we're going to take a quick PSA and ad break. And afterwards, we're going to do we're, I'm going to talk about Matilda and a dance show I've been to. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm gonna do it wrong. I'm about to spit yeah. in this mic like <laughs> freestyle elfin, you know? Okay, okay. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. Does it make sense? <laughs> no, but cares. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Finally, we. <laughs> Hey. Victoria's Pretty Good Not Bad Festival Fountain Just back from France Montreal <laughs> What the f*** Is the script I couldn't even What Victoria's Pretty Good Not Bad Festival Fountain okay, Just fine. back from France What are you even saying here Oh you're trying to say These are the things featured in this one You should probably specify that Cause even a elf couldn't understand that okay think you can do better than an elf at CITR we want to have a variety of voices on the air want to write scripts do some voice acting broadcast your creativity volunteer with the CITR production department no experience we can also train you in everything required send an email to PSAS at CITR.ca to learn more and don't wait to get your voice on the air <laughs> She'll make a lovely doll after I finish with you. I told you your webs were useless. Spider-Man! He's melting! It's, it's too hot. It's too hot. Something must have hit the control lever. Oh. Want to save energy and keep yourself comfortable? Turn down your thermostat one degree Celsius or consider installing a programmable thermostat. If every household in BC with electric space heating turned down their heat by one degree for eight hours a day, it would save enough electricity to power Science World for over 75 years. This Power Smart Play brought to you by BC Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9 FM. And hello, and we're back again. Um, I'm very excited for the summer. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, Bar on the Beach is going to be up, up and running soon. I mean, uh, they're already selling tickets, which is very exciting. There's, again, summer is just an amazing time to really enjoy all these arts things that you won't get to enjoy as much during winter if they're outside. <laughs> you know, festivals, uh, the children's festival is going on right now. There's just so much. And I wish that I could go to everything and I wish I could talk to you guys about everything, you know, really explore all these different possibilities. But I'm currently just one person and I do my best to get on 
everything that I can that I find interesting that I think everyone will like. And lately, uh, the la- one of the things that I was very privileged to be able to attend was the opening night of Matilda the Musical, which is being put on by the Arts Club. And wow, just honestly, wow, what else can I say about this show except um, I love musicals. So maybe I have a huge bias over there (laughs) about that, but I do love musicals and I did have certain expectations for Matilda. Matilda is not an easy musical to play. It has a lot of visual effects that you have to put on stage and putting those visual effects on stage is just very difficult generally and the artistic team for Matilda just did a really great job at some points there were truly moments where I uh, wanted to see more but also those were moments because I only wanted to see more because I've seen other productions do something different but for the production itself it was truly amazing I had so much fun. Um, It is one of those plays that is great for every age. It's amazing for children and they will take one message from it, but for adults as well. I mean, I'm almost a fully grown adult, I think so. (laughs) I mean, 21 is pretty young, but still. Um, And I cried. I really cry because there's something about Matilda that her innocence, her resilience to do better, and her want to change the world and make the world better regardless of the situations around her. There's just something about that that's very touching. And I had also forgotten how sad a part of the story becomes when you really learn the truth about Miss Honey. Um, uh, so there are actually something that to note that um, I'll note now so I don't forget later is that there are actually two Matilda Worm two girls that play Matilda Wormwood Wormwood. And I was very lucky to see Georgia Akin. And I'm sure that Pally Roberge is also amazing. Georgia did had just an amazing performance. And actually everyone had an amazing performance. I was very happily surprised with all the child actors. Uh, they were so professional, but at the same time, playful and just the right amount. You you see, like, these are children that are very passionate about what they're doing. They take it very seriously. But at the same time, like, they're putting so much personality into it that you want to keep watching them. And they're just doing such a great job. And Matilda, of course, is a show stealer, a beautiful voice. I think Georgia is around 10 or not 10, 9, 10 or 11. I might not be really great with ages. Um, but uh, what a voice. She just, what a voice. A beautiful, beautiful performance and beautiful voice. Really worth seeing. Um, and it was just a very fun night. The Matilda, I think, is one of the shows that if you want to go to enjoy yourself it's not something that you'll have to think about too deeply unless you really want to because there are moments that you can't think about very deeply but it's a night that you go in you enjoy yourself an incredible amount and you're just so fascinated by everything that goes on in front of you that goes on and on that stage and you're so immersed into their story that you kind of never want to leave and even when it does end you kind of have a little taste for more. You want to keep watching where are these people going? What are they going to do? 
Um, and I don't want to spoil it because I, I, I want to tell a lot more and I want to say a lot more um, about certain moments, but I also don't want to spoil it. So that's why I'm talking more general terms. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's one probably my major points right there. Another thing I really want to talk about, as you guys all know, I'm obsessed with beautiful sets. I am, I cannot go to a play and not pay attention to the set. And if the set is well made and beautiful, I cannot stop talking about it. And Matilda had one of the most diverse sets I have ever seen. So there is a bookshelf that is built on the back as as the background and that bookshelf has so many openings and close and it can close in so many ways and can open in so many different ways and it becomes so many different spaces that I was not expecting it to become and there were so many magnificent entrances where you're just surprised that's happening in a theater and not in a circus kind of situation very beautiful clothing as well very big like big all those characters that needed to be a big clothing all those characters that needed to have that bigger personality a very well-matched clothing everything was just impeccable that's the word I'd describe Matilda is impeccable in a very fun way because there's no fun to respect to perfection if there isn't a little bit of something childish about it as well and it does a child-friendly very in a child friendly but heightened um which is saying a lot i don't think that many shows do it and this is my first show also completely by myself not interviewing anyone or anything like that and i hope i'm doing a good job if you guys want to give us feedback we are more than happy to receive follow us on our instagram and facebook page we are more than happy to answer your questions and you know if you ever have suggestions our email is always open to receive um just anything from you guys um yeah can you tell i'm a little bit nervous i'm a little bit nervous (laughs) um i love having people with me so i can interact with them but today i'm by myself (laughs) and i hope you guys don't mind the sound of my voice too much but yeah Matilda was beautiful, uh, very, very fun for all ages. Go check it out. It is going on from, let me check, it's going to continue until July 14th. So that is in two weeks, a week and a half, more or less. Um, Don't miss it. It is worth, it is really, truly worth it. Uh, the time it's worth uh, the commitment to it uh, it's it's a show that you won't be disappointed in, in watching um, very 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 fun and the other thing I also wanted to say is that coming up with the with the arts club is mum's the word nest half empty and we are going to be we're going to go review the show as well it is going to happen the opening night is next week on wednesday where we when we won't be having our show uh, because we're bi-weekly over summer but uh mum's the word is also a very interesting show i've obviously 
not seen it yet. But I had the chance to talk to one of the actresses very quickly. And just to know the story of how it was created, where basically these five new mothers about um, 20, 30 years ago, I'm not entirely sure when, they had just had their kids and they're all actresses and they were kind of in a point in their lives where they were kind of still like not really working uh for with their acting and they kind of got together and were like wow we share all so many of these similar problems with being a mom and like what are we gonna do and so this is actually the third rendition of the show it's the third time it's remade because as they get older their problems change and their kids get older and so I'm really really curious to see how this um this show goes because um maybe I'll finally understand what my mom's been saying to me all my life (laughs) you know finally I'll get to see my the mother's perspective and at this time like their kids are already pretty grown and I'm pretty grown so maybe my mom has a lot of the same complaints and if you are a mom then you'll like feel that they understand you you'll feel the same way I don't I feel that these types of shows where it comes from very personal places are just a really great way to connect to theater and a really great way to feel connected to whatever story is being played um yeah that's a few of the things that are going on. Uh, I also wanted to talk about, um, oh my God, and I forgot the name. I am so sorry. But I was also very lucky last week to be able to attend a dance performance called 12 Minutes Max at the Scotiabank Theater. I'm sorry, at the Scotiabank Dance Theater. Uh, the Scotiabank Dance Theater, by the way, is also uh, also has classes that happen there, so it's not just shows. The if you are interested in taking classes, they have so many different types of dance. And as a dance lover, you know that I am always interested in that kind of stuff. But anyway, Twelve Minutes Max is um, was the show I watched. And this is the 43rd edition of 12 Minutes Max. And the way 12 Minutes Max works is there's not one cohesive show. These are six different shows, six different performances, each having at 12 Minutes Max. So that's where the name comes from. Uh, it's basically a kind of, not exactly a competition, but kind of a competition where dancers can submit their works and certain of them are selected to be presented at the end of 12 minutes max as a not necessarily finalized piece it can be work in progress a lot of those show the works that were presented were works in progress very interesting and it ends up being very um experimental it's not a show miss probably to introduce someone to the world of dance but it might be a very interesting show to introduce someone to the more conceptual world of dance contemporary art and contemporary dance and contemporary ballet um, they all pull from it and it's very much unique in that sense and 
part of me didn't expect the show to go as it did. Um, maybe I did have my own preconceptions about what um, experimental dance should be like or should not be like. And 12 Minutes Max really showed me a kind of different, inter- interesting and very entertaining world where there's just this very big gray area of I'm not sure I liked any of the performances but they definitely made me think and they made me appreciate dance for its raw very very raw nature because some of these pieces were very much dance stripped away to its basics and to its very core of just kinesthesia and body movement um and so very very interesting i do recommend 12 minutes max as an idea for someone who's interested in contemporary and modern dance in general um and i will be talking and i want to talk about the performances specifically um because they are very unique kind of themselves and i'll talk about a few of my favorites there were six different performances um and each one of them some of them were pas de deux some of them were trios some of them were solos a lot of them were solos and a lot of them were uh, duos um and i lost my train of thought but (laughs) um yeah so i'll talk a little bit more about my favorites right after this other psa and ad break um In the meantime, I hope you are enjoying our show. We are very happy to be here. We are very privileged to be here today in Vancouver. And I know that the weather isn't great, and I hope your day is going amazing. (laughs) So a few ads, and I'll be back in just a bit. Are you looking for a volunteer opportunity that fits your schedule? Being a big sister takes less time than you think, and you can choose the volunteer opportunity that fits your life. Spend just one hour a week as a study buddy, tutor, or two hours a week as a big sister. Check out the various mentoring programs at Big Sisters of BC Lower Mainland and find a volunteer position and a little sister that will suit you to a T. Visit bigsisters.bc.ca for more information today. Man, they were nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Nihilists. Me. The Greatest Date from Nihilism, Rediscovering Our Passion in Late Modernity by Dr. Gordon E. Karkner involves a journey out of the prison of contemporary nihilism and into a meaningful life trajectory. Rooted in the work of Canadian premier philosopher Charles Taylor, this book is a relevant read for students and faculty. You can find it at the UBC or Regent bookstores. Who's the f***ing nihilist around here, you bunch of f***ing crybabies? And I'm back. So uh, this is the Arts Report. Uh, hope you're tuning in. If you're tuning in right now, I'm going to continue talking about 12 minutes max. Um, so about the performances specifically, the first performance, I'm going to be truly honest with everyone. It wasn't my favorite. It was very, it was maybe too experimental for me um, because I think it kind of made me question if that was performance art in the sense of being um, almost a theory, like a performative act rather than actual dance. Um, it started with 
a very broken solo dancer and then she kind of started spinning and by almost about halfway through um she kind of just stopped and told us a story while mm, gesturing and the story was very intriguing it was something that i was very involved in what she was telling me but then again i was very confused i think part of me was very confused that how not dance like it was and i wish i could have seen more dance from it i wish i could have seen more movement to represent what she was talking about um but it wasn't bad it was just maybe too experimental for me and i wish that maybe part of me just wishes it was put on as a full performance art piece instead of a dance piece and maybe that's what's bothering me because i want to see it continued and made bigger but in a different context and then the second piece came along and it was a duo a very 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 interesting duo it was um called um internal games or like playing like when you have a internal joke like between your friends and basically this duo and they were very they very beautiful movements very flowed and cut flow and cut flow and cut and that flow and cut was just genuinely um very hard to keep your eyes off and then it got to a point where they kind of became these creatures animals something in that realm and it was almost as if there was an act of us watching them watching each other and those the two of them are very different creatures that are somehow creating a friendship and us watching them create this friendship and them looking at us watching them and that's kind of like you know meta go one into the other maybe i'm reading too much into it but it was very very intense in the sense of i wanted to keep watching it and i wanted it i wanted to see more of those interactions and it was so it was fascinating um another highlight for me probably my favorite piece is that i was not expecting at all it was one that took me completely by surprise and i was very 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 entertained um but um it, it was called show stopping or maybe i got that wrong but um it was almost it was a drag performance it by a male ballerina who was dressed in drag but not full drag just face drag and he basically performed a drag show in the context of a dance show of a dance contemporary dance performance and that was just fascinating how to like invert the roles were like that and how people reacted to him where in drag shows if you've been to what drag show you probably already know that is a very people are drinking and it's very it's very fun it's very like loose energy and it's great it's very like there are people throwing money a lot of drinking i said the drinking already i'm sorry <laughs> but um is a very different context when you put it into a theater like that and people at 
all of a sudden, they just aren't sure what to do. Should we laugh? Should we, when she tells us to tell her she's gorgeous, should we say that she's gorgeous? Should we just kind of like not say anything, not laugh, be serious? Is this a moment of contemplation and not fun? And all these different questions. And I think that's the fascinating aspect of it because actually... As a drag show, that was probably one of the best drag shows I've ever seen. And I watch a lot of drag shows. Um, but as an art statement, it was even more interesting because putting something at so much out of its context like that is just it just flips something in your head. And you're just fascinated by how is that going to work now? You know, how, how why did I feel this way in the bar and why do I feel this way now? Do, how do I felt sometimes I felt sometimes inadequate I wanted to yell and I wanted to scream and I wanted to interact with her and then I remember I was in this theater and maybe that wasn't it but then again what if I had and so these questions are very fascinating to me and I hope they're fascinating to you too and these are just things to keep in mind every time there is a performance piece going on because at the end of the day they more than anything performance art and, and dance perform dance contemporary dance like this very experimental stuff this meant for you to think not necessarily enjoy and i think 12 minutes max really did accomplish that it was an entertaining night but i not necessarily enjoyed every piece but i don't think that's the point either um and about the drag uh this drag performance as well it um, an incredible mashup for the music, very, very cool mashup for song. And what I found most fascinating was that her face was all drag. All the expressions were there, the movements were there. And then her body was just ballet. It was it was a very much a disconnect that worked together perfectly. And if you watch season 11 of RuPaul, you might get a little bit, a bit of that feeling with, um, what's her name? Oh, Brooklyn Heights, where she's a classical ballerina and she does drag. And there's like, you can always see it. I mean, you know that if you danced, if you've danced for several years, like I did, like dance never leaves you. It doesn't matter how long it's been. Just dance just never leaves you. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like there are some poses and there are some movements that I'll do with my body that I'll take for the rest of my life. And I think that's the beauty of it, where it translates into every aspect of what dancers do that's base um another highlight for me another highlight of the show was a trio that explored the mix between martial arts and dance and uh one of the fr the friend that i took with me who is a classic ballerina she had never seen contemporary art she was very fascinated by this she had never seen contemporary dance i mean sorry she was very fascinated by this piece because um, in her mind, she agreed with these three, with, with this, uh, they're called sapiens sapiens. There were three people dancing, but there was one other person that did not dance, but were helped in producing the music because they were, they were using their own music made out of um, beats and like punches and the sound of the punch on the mat, on the boxing little thing like using these sounds to produce the music to be the background for their martial arts dancing very fascinating very much meta um but yeah she the my friend she was 
fascinated by it. And there's something that I also thought fascinating once she told me that she always believed that martial arts aren't really fights necessarily, but they are a type of art, exactly that. Like they are art. And within art, they have a beauty to them and it, like they're delicate in their aggressiveness. And for the first time in my life, I'm very much a pacifist. I don't like fighting. I don't like watching fights. But for the first time, I could see all those beautiful slow movements and the contact. And I think the contact between these dancers was probably the most beautiful part of it. Um, because as a contact sport, as most fighting is, um, it's just hard to be delicate about it. And then they had such a flow to it. And the most... <laughs> very m most interesting part is that out of the three dancers only one of them was actually a dancer the other two were kind of more martial arts uh, they were just kind of you know at the gym and recruited into this very interesting and um the medicine show is coming up i'm gonna end the show a little bit early today um and i'm gonna actually go see hosanna tonight Hosanna is happening until the 8th and the tickets are free and they're still available. So if you want to check that out, make sure you can you can book your tickets. They are available on the um on their on their website. You can just Google Hosanna UBC tickets. You'll find it there. Um yeah, go check it out. We had an interview with the lead of Hosanna. It was very cool, very fascinating. Hope you guys are enjoying and tuning in to the arts report um bi weekly over summer. Um and yeah. Basically that's it. Um happy week. Hope you guys have a happy two weeks from now. I'll see you. I'll have a lot more shows to review and a lot more stuff to talk about. Uh, hopefully a few interviews. And yeah, I'm just super excited to be here and I'm super excited that everything is going on at the same time and I wish I could do everything, but uh, I'm trying, I'm doing my best and I hope you guys are enjoying it and that's it. Thank you so much for listening in and up next will be the medicine show.